Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. We are launching a new series, Healthy Relationships, and I am so excited about the topic that we're discussing today, mother-daughter relationships. Today, I'm joined by two, yes, two guests, Blythe Daniel and her mother, Dr. Helen McIntosh. Friends, this is going to be an amazing show you don't want to miss. Be sure to share this with all your friends and family because truth be told, we all know at least one woman who is struggling with the mother-daughter relationships that they're in. Welcome, Blythe and Dr. Helen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so excited to be with you, Kristen. I'm thrilled to have you guys here. So I want to jump into the fun part first. So some fun facts you shared with me. You're a mother-daughter team who love, right now you're already my best friends, love chocolate, and you make it your mission to include it when you can. So in chapter one of your book, chocolate is mentioned. <laughs> That's right. And for cereal, for cereal, my, my daughter noticed that my mom had that one time when she was visiting. And one day she asked me why she couldn't have it. <laughs> and I told her no. And it's just probably not as healthy as, you know, plain milk. And she said, well, nanny puts it in her cereal. So yeah, I tell you what, kids really watch what you're up to. And they threw out the grandmother card. <laughs> <laughs> what she later found out was that Blythe was out of the other kind of milk. And I was just quietly trying to make it through. <laughs> oh, oh, but she took that idea and ran with it, right? She <laughs> did. <laughs> okay, and your second fun fact is your most life-giving place that you both love to be at is the beach. And the best vacation spot and place to connect with God is there at the beach. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. That is my place to go. Isn't it so fun to see God's beauty, like the sunset, the sand, the ocean, how the rhythm of the ocean, like it just takes me to a place that I need for renewal, really for restoration, just like we're talking about on this program. Yeah. I grew up at a beach town, so that was always the place I went to have fun, to go cry about my sorrowful things as a middle schooler and high schooler, and then it was a place that I had the most fun. So I am so grateful to have you both here. So let's just jump right in. Could you both tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? And Blythe, why don't you go ahead and start first? Okay, great. So I'm a mom of three. I have two daughters and a son, and I spend most of my days getting them to where they need to go. (laughs) And then I I do help authors get their books published and marketed. So I'm a literary agent and a publicist and really enjoy the process of helping people tell their stories, just like you are in this podcast, Kristen. And it's such a joy to walk alongside writers and help them take their ideas and, and turn those into books. 
I love being a daughter as well. Love the times I get to visit with my mom and family's definitely a big priority for me. Wonderful. Okay, Dr. Helen. Well, thank you. I live in Northwest Georgia with my precious husband, Jim, and we just love interacting still with our two children, Blythe, that you just met, and her brother that's a year older, Brian, and he and his family actually live here. So I'm the proud grandmother of five with their offspring, Brian and Blythe, and it is such a pleasure. Very recently, Blythe and I got to co-author a book together, which was such a fun project. It's called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. So that's part of what we'll share with you today. Oh, wonderful. And your career, are you still counseling? I did pro bono counseling, yes. As a career, I did counseling in the school system. I was a an elementary school counselor for many, many years and have done other things, but counseling is something I can't leave behind. <laughs> so <laughs> I do a lot of counseling on the phone or at my church, um, yeah. just any way that God needs to use me. Yes, absolutely. And as a counselor myself, I think, well, I actually probably could do that for the rest of my life. I mean, you just, I just don't have to have the full load of a full-time practice. But I am so grateful to have such a mighty duo here to talk with an issue that so many struggle with and really have lack of tools to bring the resolution for. As a counselor, I have individuals in my office all the time talking about their mother-daughter relationships and the conflicts that are taking place. Could you both share briefly your fully restored story of your mother-daughter relationship? Well, I'll go first. Uh, yes. You know, I grew up with such a loving mom and dad. And as you'll hear from mom, and her story was quite different in how her mother spoke to her. And I had lots of affirmation from mom. And I would say that where things got tricky with us was in my teen years. And that was really on my part of kind of pulling away from mom, especially in my senior year of high school, where I really wanted to be more independent, wanted to just try and figure things out on my own, didn't really want input from her. And I would say that God used that because that first year of college, when I made some mistakes and came home and talked with my mom and dad about it, they were so gracious. And mom, the way that she even handled my going off to college before that was to say, I don't want to control you. I don't want you to feel like I'm living my life through you. Please tell me if you ever feel like I'm controlling you. And that was such a relief as a daughter who I, you know, I don't think that I felt like she was controlling me, but I felt like she wanted more from me and I was wanting to pull away and, and just that natural affection that's sometimes there between mothers and daughters. And, and so as I chose to pull away, she was still saying, I love you. I'm here for you. And so where things fully restored for us was, you know, after college and just realizing that, gosh, you know, mom, she knows a lot more than I probably give her credit for. <laughs> and just being willing to be humble and honest and to say, hey, I messed up. Will you forgive me? So even as a young mom, if, if you look at how God has continued to help us just share with each other our shortcomings and ask each other's permission when we're going to give advice. 
we want to honor each other in our relationship. And that's spilled over into our relationship as mother and grandmother. She's often asked if it's okay to ask my children something or just not wanting to appear like she's totally giving a lot of advice. So I think I've learned a lot about what role a mother should play in a daughter's life and how to have healthy communication between you. That's helped me to be more intentional about my relationship with mom. And and we've definitely made repairs and tried to be mended to each other, which we talk about in our book. But we just want to encourage people that you can have a good relationship despite what your past has been, or even if your mother or daughter is no longer in your life. But we, we definitely have seen it happen. And that's what we want to encourage people with today. Oh, I love that. Dr. Helen, how about you? Yes. About the time that Blythe was born, my mom exploded on a new level with some of her issues. As a counselor, Kristen, you've seen this happen where there's some really unhealthy things going on. And then one day it really gets <laughs> gets big. Mom had some personal issues that were quite difficult, depression, anxiety, etc. But anger, it was one of her main things. And she was quite abusive verbally and emotionally. And as a counselor, Kristen, you know the damage that messages can give, not only in content, but in fervor. So I was really coming to grips with the issues in our family and the dysfunction that I had with my mother about the time that Blythe left for college. So I was so happy that I could share with Blythe you know, I've come to see that my mom is quite controlling and I don't want to do that to you. So if you sense me trying to control you, would you please let me know? You can just say, mom, I sense control. (laughs) So we began to get healthier and healthier. And really, it has probably only made us closer. But many daughters and mothers don't talk when they're having problems. So we're so happy to have offered in our mended book, a lot of the conversation starters or relationship starters that mothers and daughters can have to begin some heat. Difficult relationships happen just far too easily because it just takes some unresolved conflicts or broken conversations to hinder, to put a real block in the relationship. And as Blythe mentioned earlier, we worked real hard to not give each other advice or me to not give her advice and to not control her because those were two of my mom's biggest winners. (laughs) She didn't, I'm sure, mean to be difficult, but those were big stumbling blocks. And to this day, Blythe and I really encourage people to ask ahead of time, you know, Mash, do I have your permission to give some feedback? Or uh, even to this day, Blythe was texting you this past week and I looked at the words and it sounded like I was giving advice. So I deleted them. (laughs) So even to this day, I just want to be very careful in what I say to Blythe in the way that I say it. I love the example you both are setting because Blythe, you know, as a daughter and Dr. Helen as, well, really Blythe as a mother as well, because I'm sure you've carried this into your relationship with your kids. And Dr. Helen coming from the stance of a daughter and then wanting to shift and change as a mother because of what you experienced. And truth be told, Blythe, you know, we all know that teenagers naturally, you mentioned that, naturally pull away from their parents 
But sometimes in their naturally pulling away, they have their own issues brought in that can cause a division between a mother and daughter that doesn't need to be there. And then Dr. Helen, you're talking about just the unhealthiness that we as parents can be sometimes and our dysfunction and how we bring that into the relationship with our daughters. So where would you say that mothers and daughters most often get it wrong or have conflict? I would say that a lot of times it's through expectations that mothers and daughters have conflict. And where we can get it wrong is expecting something of the other and really protecting our need to be right in the relationship or to get the right answer or to be seen as having it all together and and being right. And what that does to the relationship is that suddenly, you know, the relationship gets put on the back burner and the person that's controlling the conversation. They just want to be right. And and sometimes we have to lose our uh, inclination or our desire to be seen as the one with the best answer or having just the right thing to say at the right time and really focus on the relationship. I think sometimes as mothers, we want so much for our daughters and daughters really want to spread their wings and, and learn things on their own. They don't want to constantly be told, this is what you need to do. This is what you should say. One of the things, the ways that this has been playing out for mom and I over the years is to just even clarify where we may not be understanding each other or where we may need to ask forgiveness and just really even being able to say, is it okay if I share a suggestion? And just remembering that words have such power, that words really matter, that every word that's spoken, it will affect someone far more than we even can believe. Facial expressions are also included in this if you're talking face to face, but even having good intentions with our words doesn't go the distance, that words really have a powerful and lasting impact. So we, I guess through all of this, have just been trying to be sure that we're proactive with how we're communicating, what we're saying to each other. And and sometimes we think about it while we're saying it, and sometimes it might be later and we have to come back and say, oh man, I didn't mean for that to come across, or I hope you didn't feel insulted by that. Or, and so mom and I have to do a check with each other, just like I do with my daughters, because we're not always going to get it right when we're talking. So that's what I would say as far as how moms and daughters will sometimes have conflict or not get it quite right with each other. Those are valuable points that you just brought up and so much that just to unpack all of that, uh, we could probably talk for an hour or two just about that. But uh, the expectations, that is a really big one of unrealistic expectations. I can remember as a daughter myself having to come to a point of saying to myself, you need to stop having unrealistic expectations on your mom. And once I was able to let go of my expectation and what I thought a mother should be and how a mother should act or respond and treat me, when I let go of that, I began to be pleasantly surprised when my mom did things that blessed me, spoke to me and spoke value to me. Instead of having this expectation, I was missing all the good of what was happening in our relationship. So I really appreciate those words of wisdom there. What guidelines or boundaries can mother and daughter set within their relationship to protect them from distrust or damage? You know, I think purposing to not do harm is a good start. And we're never going to do it perfectly. This is why Blythe and I are real big on asking forgiveness and teaching others to do the same. But what you just mentioned about expectations, that is truly a form of control. So I have really encouraged people to let go of their expectations for the other. 
and it is so freeing to do that. Relationship barriers occur when there's a great amount of expectations. It's a real relationship breaker. And <laughs> so is giving advice also really, really difficult for the relationship. What's implied is that I know more than you and I know better. And that's just a terrible thing to bring to a relationship. So I think healthy relationships are open and honest, but they're measured and careful. In fact, I encourage people when they do want to share something hard to please put not only invite themselves in, but to put a bun over the hamburger of concern. In other words, make sure there's a soft landing for your first couple of sentences and that you are softening the territory before you share. And if they say no, then don't go there at the time. Maybe you can come later, but it's really important timing and what you say. And as Fly said, the tone of voice. And if you're in person, the posture is really important too. Well, and as I'm listening to you both, I'm thinking about, you're talking about tips on how to interact with your mother and daughter relationship. And really, it sounded like a lot of this started when Blythe, you went off to college. But I'm thinking, how do you apply these practices to your younger children so that from the very beginning, you start a healthy relationship? You know, I think it's partly making sure that your need to talk doesn't exceed your child's need to talk or listen even. That timing of a message is really important. And as mom was saying, like being sure to invite yourself in and to be able to say, is this a good time for you to talk? Or do you feel like sharing that with me? And just even those little utterances to younger children really gives them the control of, no, I don't feel like I want to share that right now. But but then sometimes we can follow it up with, that's okay. If you do feel like sharing something, you know that I'm ready to hear. So I think it's just setting up those intentional times of, I'm a safe person for you to come to. I'm not going to judge you for what you're saying. And I think that's why a lot of kids don't feel like they can go to their parents because they feel like their parents will judge them and will say something that will make them feel defensive or unloved or shameful. And so I think, you know, we just want to provide opportunities for kids to be able to share within a safe setting and that they don't ever feel like they can't say something to mom and dad and that mom and dad will freak out. Sometimes my kids will say, mom, I don't want you to freak out when you hear this. And, and it'll be something that's not freak out worthy, but but they know that I tend to respond sometimes in such a way. So I've, I've been trying to work on my response and just trying to, you know, keep my head pretty level and just sort of nod. And because really, again, you know, a lot of the things between children and parents, just the way that we come across. And so I think it's important to just set up those times where they can share with us. That is so valuable because often what happens as parents is when there is a conflict, a disagreement, we want to have the last word. And we focus so much on I'm the boss, I want the last word, and we miss the relationship aspect of it, of not listening to our child. Now, I understand because I do have kids, they're adults now, but I do know that there are times when our children can be disrespectful and can disobey rules. But in you know a lot of the situations, we often don't ever give our child a voice. And what I mean by giving them a voice is just letting them talk. 
you're talking about when they're fearful to talk to us, but sometimes we shut them down as a parent also. And so just being aware, I guess that goes back to you saying, now don't freak out about this, mom, you know, that our, our kids are thinking we're going to freak out. How do you recognize unhealthy generational patterns and family relationships? What steps can a mother or daughter take to actively begin to break those patterns? Oh, those are those broken places that pop up very frequently. And it's usually a pattern that has been in the family that you're becoming aware of. And I tell you, one of the things that is so important in this whole subject is that we encourage people to take responsibility for only what's theirs. In other words, when you're looking at your family patterns, it's easy to say that you don't want it, but you do have to take some steps to make sure that you're not going to fall into the same pattern. And I love Isaiah 58, 12 that talks about how God longs for us to be restorers and to repair the breaches that have come into our lives and our families. So God does want us to be able to make repair. One of the visuals I love to share with clients is two cups bumping and we're only responsible for our cup really even though we see the dysfunctional pattern maybe in our other family member but we're only held responsible for what's in our cup what comes out of our own heart in other words my mother used to say you are so stupid you can never do anything right and I wanted so much for her to not hurt me anymore that I focused on her, whereas God would really have us focus on our part and not repeating that pattern. Some of the visible signs of repeating family patterns, one would be anger. Anger is a signal that you didn't get what you expected or that things are not like you want them to be. But then some, some other areas that seep into our relationships and even separation between mothers and daughters can come from things that have been passed down from generations such as divorce, abuse, like mom was talking about, neglect, and, and things that like maybe some words that have been spoken over you, shame enters in, a dependency on substances. So there's different ways that we can recognize these patterns, we might start finding ourselves becoming angry, just like a mother has to us or, or repeating words that they have shared to us. And we know that those are not true. Maybe some anxiety and fear, as well as some destructive behaviors that you might even be seeing in your own family. So we want to just encourage people to ask the Holy Spirit to show you those unhealed places. And really the steps would be to say, I know God's truth about me is this. And I know I don't have to live under this yoke of slavery to this issue or to this area of my life. And those would be some steps that mothers and daughters can take toward overcoming some of those generational patterns. I love the practical tools that you're giving people and it sounds like overall what you're saying is, first, look at your own broken places. Often in conflict, we are focusing on the other person. So we need to look at our broken places, going back to that Isaiah 58, 12, and asking God to heal that and to help us make the change and do the work to make the change in our own patterns, which then will affect our relationship with our mother or daughter, right? That's so true. Right. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I learned very quickly when my daughter went to college was that she didn't always want my advice, which is one of the things you guys had talked about. In fact, more often than not, she just wanted me to listen. And I can remember talking to her on the phone one time and 
I just was sensing some tension and I just prayed in that moment, God, what's going on here? And I just felt like God encouraged me to say, what hat would you like me to wear? And she kind of went, what? And I said, do you want me to be a listener? Do you want my advice? Am I a mom or am I a friend? What do you need from me right now? And she said, I need a listener. I don't want your advice. And by me realizing her need and not thinking about my need, but her need and accepting that she was becoming a very self-sufficient, independent, competent woman and no longer a child, I had to shift my interactions with her and my thinking with her. And I think that that's where a lot of conflict rises up is, as you guys have said, we give advice without being asked for advice. So how is giving advice and having expectations of each other a hindrance? Let's talk about that a little more. I really believe it's what the message implies. When you do that, you really are implying that you know more than they do. It's a kind of put down. Now, if we're invited in, it's a whole different story. But to be in that pattern of giving advice right off the cuff is very insulting. It's quite disrespectful. What do you think, Bly? You know, I think that the challenge with giving unwanted advice makes the person feel like they couldn't have done that on their own. I remember one time when my mom was helping me out when I had twin newborns, she asked me if it was okay to help me do something with them. And I remember I actually said no, because I, at the time, didn't want to feel like I couldn't do that on my own. Even though she had more experience, I still didn't want to feel like I couldn't have come up with that on my own. And so my resistance to the advice wasn't even so much about what she was giving. It was that I wanted to look like I could do it on my own. And so I think that sometimes that's what happens when we give advice is that it could just be not bad timing. It could be bad timing, just not the right time. And so that's why we we make it more like you said, Kristen, which was so beautiful the way that you asked what role do you see me playing? What do you need from me? And that's just so great to go straight to what is it that you would like for me to share with you or or hear from you in this moment. So I encourage people to do just as you did, which is to (laughs) ask, how do you see me? And this is something I've learned from mom. How do you see me helping you in this moment? And I think that's really helpful for just really keeping those relationships going. Absolutely. Now I'm thinking of some of the listeners that are going, yeah, this is wonderful. But what about my relationship where we're not talking? We're in the middle of a conflict. How do you initiate restoration for that mother and daughter that have an extended period of a conflict or not talking? I think one of the best ways to initiate moving towards restoration with a mother or daughter that you haven't spoken with in a while is to just be able to say, I want to have a relationship with you. And I know that things aren't good between us right now. What do you think we need to do to make things better? This is something that I've seen my mom model and and talk with women about because it really just addresses right off the bat what is between you, that your heart is to be closer to each other, to her. What do they think needs to happen for that to take place? And it puts the opportunity on the other person to say, well, I I think that you need to do this more or do this less. And it gives the person, the other person, the honor and the opportunity to share from their viewpoint before we rush in and say, well, this is what I'm going to do to try to be closer to you. And here's what I think. So we're really honoring the other person by saying, you know, how do you see us being able to restore? Now, 
the other person might be very closed off and what you're doing in that instance is opening up your heart to them. And that's what we want to shine through is that you're saying, I, I want to take responsibility for my part of our relationship. And I realize that I've not done things perfectly and I'm coming to you. You may even want to say to the other person, I want to ask your forgiveness for what I've done in the relationship. And people, when they hear that, they're like, but it's all the other person's fault. It's not my fault. And what we often say is, you know, if, if a person who's asking that forgiveness of the other person has only aired maybe 5% and the other person has aired 95%, you're actually in a stronger position to go to the other person and to say, I want to ask your forgiveness uh, for my part in, in our relationship. So we want to be honest and humble. And I think that's really the heart of what we're saying is that not every time will the other person come to you and try to initiate restoring and trying to initiate their faults with you, but we can be the strong ones. We can be the initiators of restoration. And sometimes that's what's needed. And God has just forgiven us of so, so much. And so we want to be able to mirror that in our relationships with each other. Oh, that is so good because you're right. We're often looking at the other person saying, yeah, but what about them? And God is asking of us to take responsibility for our part. Yeah. Well, one of my very favorite chapters in scripture is the second half of Matthew 18 about the king and the slave. And it's such a a wonderful model for us to be gracious to others and to forgive others when they have wronged us. That's the one that's so hard. Once we ask God for his forgiveness for our own sins, I would say then we're well taught to ask people's forgiveness when we don't do the right thing. But it's what's really hard is when somebody has offended us and they won't ask forgiveness. But that story about the king and the slave is a good reminder that because God has been so gracious to forgive us, that we need to forgive others, which is not what the slave did. When he got forgiven for everything and he had a whopper account with the king, he did not show that same grace when he was let out of jail and others wanted him to show grace. So Blythe and I have developed this sort of conversation that we encourage people to have. And that is saying something like, what I want is for our relationship to be good. And I was wrong to have lack of love and in the situation that is before us. And I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? And asking them that question, will you forgive me? If it's the 5% or 20%, whatever it is, you are taking responsibility before God for that to clear the offense. You're getting the log out of your own eye. And it's, it's just such a wonderful place to be in. It's a very clean place. And it, it does initiate healing in the relationship. So we love, love the conversations about forgiveness. It's a real relationship winner. It is where a lot of restoration takes place. And it's quick. Sometimes we think, oh, this is going to take forever and years. and But no, it can be handled in five minutes, not to minimize the importance of it, but it's, it's not a mountain. <laughs> yeah, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about how much, especially in the last year, anger and offense has just been on the rise. And that goes into our relationships with one another. And thinking about the book, <laughs> 
The Bait of Satan. And that whole book is about not taking the bait and being offended at one another Mm -hmm. and taking that into our relationships of our family. And, you know, we're talking specifically about mothers and daughters, but, you know, it could be a mother and son. It could be a father and a daughter where we are stuck in our opinion stuck in our expectations and angry because somebody has hurt us. And you guys are talking what is right from the Bible that we need to love and we need to forgive and we need to work on restoration of relationships. Now, I understand that there are some relationships that are very toxic and unhealthy, but we can have healthy boundaries with individuals. We can have forgiveness in our heart. So any last thoughts about that forgiveness? Um, I'm just thinking maybe some of those relationships that are pretty toxic, what would you recommend? There really is hope for you as you're listening, regardless of whether your mother or daughter comes closer to you, that you can live with your heart at rest, even if your relationship doesn't get repaired or restored because of this, that restoration with others was never meant to fill us because we know that only God can do that, but we can still get healing. And sometimes it's not the mending that we hope for, but we can still experience healthy, our own healthy heart and just a fresh hope and awareness of what you can say and do to experience freedom in your life. And maybe you're going to be the catalyst to bring that into your relationship with your daughter or your son. And so Many people think, well, I'll never be healed of this relationship. And we simply want to say that God is the one that can restore our hearts and he can do a deeper work than we can ever imagine. She's so right. And we love to share with people the wonderful verse in Ephesians six thirteen that says, and having done all to stand. And we want to be in a position of doing all that we know to do and having no regrets. I know when my mom died in 1998, I had a heavy, heavy heart because there was still so much healing I wanted for our relationship. But God reminded me of that verse and the principle and assured my heart that I had done everything I knew up to that point to do. As best I know, I may find out in heaven there were some other things on the list, but as best I know, I did all that I knew to do, and I'm going to have to stand on that, and that has just been a great relief. Again, you you want to just make sure you've done all that you could do that's in your responsibility, not hers, but mine, to take responsibility for what was in my cup. And so that's about loving. Do all that you can stand in love. Do all that you can, stand in forgiveness, and wait and pray and do your part and let God work in the situation. I love that. So how can people connect with you online and purchase your book? Because I know there are many people saying, I want to read that book right now. Well, we have a website, Kristen, set up with some free resources on there as well. Some of the conversation starters that I mentioned and that mom mentioned today, you can download those for free. So the website is Our Mended Hearts, and that's O-U-R, so Our Mended Hearts. And uh, there you can see, you know, there's a link at the bottom of where you can purchase our book. And the book is called 
Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. But we would love to connect with you online. We both are active on Facebook. We would love to hear from you on Instagram as well. But our website's probably the best place to just see more about the book and some of the endorsements that we have and what others have said that the book has meant to them. So we just appreciate the opportunity to connect with anyone who would want to hear from us. Oh, wonderful. And um, in the last few moments that we have, could you pray for our listeners today? I would be glad to. God, thank you so much for those who are listening with hearts of wanting to reconnect or wanting to be closer to their mother or daughter, or maybe even another family member. Father, you know their relationship and the strains and the stresses that are there, but I just pray just a blessed covering over them that you would just fill their hearts with forgiveness and with love and mercy for each other. That Father, it is it is easy to say, I want to love better, but then to put that into action can be harder on us, especially when there's been conflict. And so, Father, would you give us hearts of humility and would you help us know the first step to take and that you will be there to help us and you will be faithful to come help us complete those next steps. So Father God, we just want to cover our relationships under the blood of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ for your glory, for your honor. We know that relationships are of you. You've given us to each other as mothers and daughters. And Father God, help us to love well, but then follow that up with actions that truly say, I desire you. I desire this relationship more than the need to be right or more than the need to be a good advice giver. So Father, would you seal our relationships in Christ? And we pray this in his name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Blythe and Dr. Helen, for joining us today. What a good show. And I know that there's so much that our listeners are going to glean from our show notes and all the links that Blythe shared with us today. You can find them at my website, podcast.fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. And we would so appreciate it if you would also leave a rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. I too would love to stay connected with you. So be sure to find me on Instagram or my Facebook page at author Kristen Klaus. I pray that this episode of Fully Restored Podcast ministered to you, encouraged you, gave you hope that your relationships can be healed and restored, and that you feel like you have some tools to walk out your own fully restored story in your relationships. Remember, love, mercy, and forgiveness. I love that. And hearts of humility. Yes, God, may we walk in this. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.